0: Three, Three, two, one.
1: one. Hello and welcome to Ghoul and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen the Sopranos a lot of times. I'm joined with Ben and Rachel, who have never seen the Sopranos before. Hello. Hey. We are going to talk about season one, episode four of Meadowlands, of the Sopranos called Meadowlands. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's... Gobble Ghoulin Roses time, let's go. I woke up this morning and got myself a podcast. How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> I think
0: think we should definitely let everybody see how excellent we are at counting down from five to one. Yeah, Um, it's very funny.
2: It's not good.
0: (laughs) Sometimes we can't count right.
1: No, there's a bit of a delay, I think, because you're on FaceTime. And so Mm -hmm. when Rachel and I are counting down, it's always like five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. And I'm like,
0: oh, my God. And then I have
1: to remember kind of the amount of the delay when I'm editing them together anyway, so... Mm -hmm. It's very annoying, but... I understand.
0: But you know
2: what? Sorry, hold on, I just want to say, John, you do a fucking great job. Oh, thank
1: you. You're very good at this. Uh, I'm not, but I'm getting better at it, so there's that. I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. Anyway, welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist sopranos podcast. Uh... How are you guys doing today? Rachel?
2: I'm doing great.
0: Ben? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm probably in a sunnier mood than I was over the last couple of episodes, but, uh, you know, yeah, this is this is going to be good. Good. All
1: right, so we're going to talk about season one, episode four of The Sopranos, which is called Meadowlands. Uh, right off the bat, initial impressions, Rachel?
2: Um, well, first of all, I love the name. Um because it, it's, I know it's not a reference to my beloved Meadow, but I I like to think that it is. Um, I liked it a lot. I think it was good. I, of course, loved seeing Drea de Mateo a little bit more. Um, but it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like the most exciting episode, I will say.
1: It wasn't. It, it's a lot of kind of moving some set pieces yeah. around. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very plot-heavy episode, I'd yeah. say. Ben, what were your initial impressions?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of a sad uh, episode, I think, and kind of useless, like, in terms of, like, well, I mean, not useless, because it, you're right, it does set a lot of things up, uh, from what I understand, but it, I mean, just as, like, a story in, a, in and of itself, it's just, like, why the fuck did I watch this?
1: Oh gosh. All right, coming in hot. Hate for the Meadowlands. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: All right, so let's do a uh, a recap. We'll take it like we have been storyline by storyline. The first Mm storyline to start with is, I think, Christopher's. Yes. That's where the episode starts, if I remember correctly. Um, So, Christopher is getting out of Mm -hmm. the hospital, having been mock executed at the end of our last episode. Um, he has a, neck, a very goofy looking neck brace on that's doing a lot of, a visual mm-hmm. comedy for us. Um, and he has the sunglasses on, he's leaving the hospital, he's screaming at Adriana to bring the car around, um.
2: And she is not having his shit.
1: No, she thinks he's way overreacting. Uh, he thinks that Tony has, was the one who put the mock execution on him for selling Speed to Meadow, um. So he's freaking mm-hmm. out about mm-hmm. the car. Uh, Adrienne is only really worried about whether he shit his pants. <laughs> which the nurse said that he did. Uh, and he's like, just bring the mm-hmm. car around.
2: Uh,
1: that outfit she's in looks great. Very oh. tight. Painted on white pants.
2: Very hot. I'll say it.
1: Shout out to Drea Di Hell yeah. out to Drea DiMatteo. We stand. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Then Christopher gets uh, uh, Adriana to take him to Meadow school to pick her up. <laughs> she gets in the car, and she's like, Something happened to my dad! That's the only reason you'd be here! My dad's in trouble! Uh, and then Christopher is in the back seat and like shakes the shit out of her and is like, Why'd you tell your dad I sold you speed? His acting's not great in that no. scene, I will say. It's a little clumsy.
2: Yeah, but you know, the... <laughs> I love the look in this episode where he's got the neck brace and the sunglasses on the entire time, and honestly, the acting I don't care about, because he just looks so ridiculous.
1: He does. The very 90s, like, wraparound shades. Yeah,
2: and the fact that Adriana is, like, so clearly annoyed with him, and he just looks like a fucking idiot, and then he promises to take Meadow to... Once he realizes that Meadow did not tell Tony about the speed he's like trying to make it up to her and he says that he'll take her to mcdonald's for a happy, for a meal. happy meal
1: she's like 16 or 17 yeah. uh, before that meta says she hates her life and he says don't ever say you hate life that's blasphemy and then the next right. thing he does is to offer to get her a happy meal but right Adriana's like where the fuck are you right well
0: now? hold on hold on now that now that you sort of bring that up you i think you skipped over a an important part of this scene, of okay. this storyline, didn't you? Where, uh, where he's like, I want to go home and, and check out Brendan and get a score. Oh, yes. oh we
1: did. This is that. a huge. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Right out of the hospital, they don't go to see Meadow. They go to see Brendan. Uh oh. <laughs> to score, uh, and uh, Christopher doesn't know that Brendan has been actually executed uh, in mm-hmm. his bathtub. So they go over to Brendan's apartment. The door is left unlocked. They go. They help themselves. Christopher's getting in the fridge and Adriana discovers the body in the tub. And then there is some good acting when we see uh, Christopher react to seeing his dead, his dead friend. Yeah. The tub.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I also think, um, uh, like a really bad use of dramatic irony there where, you know, like we're just like, dude, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, and how does it not stink? Like, how do you know? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because he's been in there a few days. Has it been least. a
2: few days? I think at
1: least like one, because Christopher's been in the hospital.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, but he was in the bathtub, so maybe that masks the scent. Well,
0: they picked Meadow up from school that same day, and that's a Monday, and the show choir uh, concert was on a Saturday, because we know that because the SAT was on was that same morning.
1: Holy, shit, Holy shit, Ben. <laughs> Then it's them to, like, figuring out Ice Cube's best day. Today was a good day, but they did it with this episode.
0: (laughs) I take this shit seriously, (laughs) Uh, y'all.
1: The Lakers only played the Supersonics on three occasions. (laughs) And, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so at least one day he's been sitting in there. So we can assume there should be some smell, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to let it go because I've watched the show many times. And I've never done that Benjamin Woody math. So,
2: <laughs> I mean, if we point out all the inconsistencies with this show, we'd have that's a separate show. Yeah, I, fuck you, ben. <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> when, when they're leaving the hospital, Dre, uh, what is Adriana, lights a cigarette outside and then brings it inside <laughs> and is just smoking the cigarette inside the hospital. Inside the hospital. Yeah. So, you know, we're not, I, we got to suspend mm-hmm. disbelief for a little bit, you know.
0: Well, this is the late 90s, right? I mean, like, weren't we still smoking everywhere in the late 90s? You
2: can't, no, not in a hospital. Not in a hospital,
0: yeah. Maybe not inside uh, a hospital, but immediately outside a hospital, sure.
2: Yeah, but she took it inside the hospital. She's yeah, right. like
0: the, the waiting room of the yeah, hospital. you'd think
2: a nurse would be like, excuse me. <laughs> immediately be like, hey lady. <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: Okay. So, then they go, they go get Meadow. Christopher is, like, out of his mind at this point, uh, just being crazy, and Adriana calls him out on it. Um, Then, so that's that's basically the end of their separate storyline. Then after that, Christopher goes into the main mob storyline, which is that... Jackie Aprile, who I think I've accidentally referred to as Richie on some previous episodes. I'm
2: sure we've misnamed a bunch
1: Mm -hmm. of people. Uh, But there is a Richie Aprile, Jackie's brother, who will come into the show later. But uh, Jackie Aprile, the boss, the acting boss, he finally loses his battle and he dies. Uh, While they are waiting for Jackie to die, um, Christopher finally comes and returns to the Soprano crew. And they're all worried about him. Where where have you been? Uh, and he wants to go to war with Junior over what's happened.
2: Yeah. Uh, re- oh
1: well, I've missed something again.
2: <laughs> but go ahead,
1: Rachel.
2: Well, I well no, go ahead. Uh,
1: we missed the part where uh, I missed the part where Christopher goes. To, uh, to try to collect on his corner.
2: Oh, my God. Yes.
1: So after Critical. Christopher, yes. Uh, after Chris gets out of the hospital, he goes and visits Meadow, and then he goes to try to collect on his corner. He has a 10% stake and a corner by a guy named Yo-Yo, who's selling drugs. Hello, cat. Um, and he goes to collect. The guy says that Junior Sopranos men had already been by, they put a gun in his mouth and told him that he collects for Junior Soprano now, and so um, then he goes to uh, beat the shit out of the guy who, I guess his name is Yo-Yo Cortez yeah. or something like that, um, beats the shit out of him, strangles him with his own yo-yo, not to death, but...
2: And makes time to say, to deny that he should his pants.
1: Yeah, the, yeah the, the guy makes a joke about uh, I heard you went number two in your pants. And then he, while Christopher's strangling he goes, and that thing you said that happened? That didn't happen! Uh, he can't even bring himself to say, I didn't shit my pants.
0: Also, uh, like, shout out to uh, the good times when uh, you just wanted to never be accused of having shit in your pants, you know? Like... <laughs>
1: shout out to the good times
0: i mean now we kind of you know we forget about how everybody's
1: about eating ass and shitting their pants (laughs) (laughs) it's a new decade baby 2020
0: no we're all worried about being canceled and shit like that but man we used to be worried about being (laughs) shitted in our pants we have all shitted out our doo-doo ass into our pants. <laughs> great. God, I love this. I love this, I love this conversation.
1: <laughs> I'm not at all made uncomfortable with
0: poop jokes.
1: So this is great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, so okay. after,
0: after, uh, Christopher confirms that he did not shit out his doo-doo ass, uh, he then <laughs> goes to, uh, uh, while, while he is confronting, uh, Yo-Yo about this, uh, it appears that Jackie has passed away. Um,
2: Yes. Why do they find out that Jackie has died in, by it, like on the news?
1: They are Yeah, so that's a great scene. They're in the strip club, and it comes on the news. And Tony's like, stop all the stripping and the music,
2: and let's watch this. <laughs> and and <laughs> one stripper gets a close-up, and she goes, I'll never forget where I was this day. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, where this fucking loser Died. <laughs> I guess.
2: I noticed something, and this, you know, I think this indicates progress. But I've been watching The Outsider on HBO. It's okay. very good. Um, but there, there's a strip club in that show, and I was noticing that the strippers that HBO is showcasing now on their TV programs are a little more. There's a little more body positivity. Oh, that's good. because um, if you notice, the strippers in the Sopranos are like 90 pounds, like yeah. they're very thin. Um, they're
1: strippers from like a White Snake music video. Yes, like, they're not even current for yeah. the time that yeah. the show was made in. They're, yeah. uh they're wearing underwear that goes like all the way up past their hips. Yes,
2: yeah. Um, and so I just want to give a little shout out to HBO for for uh, expanding. Um, <laughs> What this is? That, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe I shouldn't give props to HBO for sexualizing women with different body types, just because they're different body types. Um, I take it back.
1: Okay, shouts out, no <laughs> shouts out to HBO. You get i I'm just saying, a little
2: cellulite on a stripper is nothing new. We can have strippers can have a little cellulite as a treat.
1: As a treat, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, Agreed, but in the bada bing, there there's
0: heroin chic, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, um,
0: and also like, uh, I here I go. I, this is me revealing myself as really just a disgusting uh, business pervert. But like, like during the during the day, like on like a weekday, right? Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Some-
1: no, like, She's I'm laughing at the cat. The
0: okay. Cat. All right, good. And not the not the obvious, like... No,
1: no, no, no really we're waiting with bated breath to hear you talk about being a business pervert. I'm really pervert. excited.
0: Uh, all I'm, you know, I'm saying is, uh, you know, the... Whatever, no. No, I'm not doing no,
2: this. No, Ben, please. The, <laughs> ben, I need to hear it.
0: Just something about the, you know, the, uh... uh D team during the business <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, uh, the lunch rush
1: stripper, cla- stripper crowd is not usually the the best of the best, so to speak.
0: Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's this not the SEAL Team Six of the. Uh, Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) We can cut this, you know. It's fine.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh, we almost... uh, Gosh, we'll see.
2: We'll see. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, there's a couple of things I want to talk about in that scene at the strip club. One is that Tony. we see Tony question his faith because he goes, What kind of God? When Jackie dies, he goes, What kind of God?
1: What kind of God
2: would do this? Which I think comes into play a little bit as we discuss the next episode. Um, we'll talk. I, I, we're starting to see more of Tony's relationship to God and the, and his spirituality. Mm-hmm. For
1: sure. As much mm-hmm. as he has one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and then when, what. So I. This is what I wrote down. <laughs> Chris and Tony sub Dom.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why did you write that? I'm going to need you to expand.
2: Because when Chris is trying to get Tony to start a war with (laughs) Uh (laughs) you, there's a lot of language there that is very similar (laughs) to what a dom would say to their sub. And um, so I think that's a really—I mean—is Tony Chris's dom in a way?
0: Yes, he's his boss. Well,
2: (laughs) I mean,
0: but are they having sex? You don't
2: have to. Okay, first of all, (laughs) that sex is not always part of a dom sub relationship. I'll have you know. We're learning. So it's very possible that they are receiving. May, I'm just I'm just asking the question: Is there a little bit of um, tension to this relationship? I take it back. I'm sorry. I just it 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 really struck. One of you is gonna have to commit
1: to the bits you start, <laughs> and not immediately abandon bits, or we're gonna have to start all over again. Okay,
0: so here's. I
2: take
1: it back. All right, so no, I'm commit to the
0: bit. So basically, I'm saying that the strippers are too pretty for the afternoon. Uh, where, are the, <laughs> where are the ugly strippers at? Uh, and, and Rachel is saying, "Damn, Daddy, we got some, some dumb look." Okay, this is Cabo
1: and Roses. So only watch the Sopranos podcast.
2: What is wrong with us today?
1: I don't know. We're not Holy doing it so shit. hot. Okay, right.
2: can we can we talk about AJ? Can we talk about AJ's uh, 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 storyline?
1: Hold on, because <laughs> I want to unpack a little bit of that scene in the uh, in the hallway, the Dom sub scene
2: in the hallway.
1: Uh, in the hallway of the hospital where Christopher's like, yes! I got a question. Your yes, leadership. it's
2: hot. So, <laughs>
1: so Christopher returns to the crew uh, and they're all like, where the fuck have you been? And he's like, here's what's going on. I got mock executed by Junior. Brendan got actually executed. We are in your crew. Um, we deserve protection from this. It was Mikey Palmisi um, had to have done it. He's, he's Junior's trigger man. Um, so Christopher's gonna go out and try to take out Mikey Palmisi, um, and they stop him. Tony stops him in the hall and says, we're not gonna fucking do this here, uh, at, at Jackie's, uh, deathbed. Uh, and Christopher says that we've gotta go to war, we've gotta go to the mattresses, uh, or I'm gonna question your leadership. And Tony does not take that kindly. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So, in that sense, Chris is a, a bratty sub. Okay. I'm just saying.
1: Okay. Uh, and so Tony tells Polly to keep his eye on him, and if he tries to leave, break his other neck. Which I don't know if I'm thinking overthinking it, but is he mean? It's his dick, right?
2: Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I've listened to enough rap to know neck. Anyway, Getting, I'm gonna get some right. neck.
2: Is that what that? No. 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 Yeah. No. yeah. No, when when you I say you're going to get neck, that means someone's going to give you head.
0: Right. Getting neck from abroad with the big shoulders. Shout out to Tyler, the creator. Shout out to uh, Flower Boy.
1: Yeah, but I don't think Tony's telling Polly to give Christopher <laughs> head
0: if he tries to leave. No, you're right, but I'm I'm confirming that you're talking about his dick. Although I'd want to see No, I,
2: I you're, the logic is not there because the neck in this... <laughs>
0: What's immediately under the head? The neck uh, yes, but, yes. but the not- neck in the
1: rap songs Refers to the act of putting the penis Into the neck Yeah The actual neck Right
2: So the this neck is, is the the <laughs> <laughs> He's not a dick <clears throat> <Ooh. laughs> This is our worst episode yet We just
1: talked about how good these have been
2: so We're like. gonna have to edit this Okay
0: <laughs> fuck let's keep going We're good this is good <laughs>
1: Some of this will stay in, and some of this will not.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about sucking dick now. <laughs> Jesus. All right. This is so good. All right.
2: Uh. Well,
0: well, frankly, like this, this episode has to be a train wreck because there's not a lot to work with in this fucking episode. You know? We
2: got. Can we please talk about AJ?
0: Yes. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, fine. Let's talk about
2: AJ.
1: AJ has a great... This is AJ's episode. This is yes. Birth of a Fail Son. Uh-huh. AJ Soprano. Um, so AJ is... We, we open with AJ at school. He is prank paging a friend. Again, aging the show terribly. He's at the payphone. He calls in. He sends the message, your mother blows to this guy's pager. Um... And the guy is... Is it Justin... uh, I can't remember the last name now. Anyway. Jeremy. Um,
0: Jeremy, Pia Costa. Thank
1: you.
2: Pia Costa. Pia Costa.
1: That's right. right. Um, And Jeremy, he spoke in class today, and he beat up AJ Soprano. They get in a fight.
2: He fat-shamed AJ Soprano, and (laughs) I do not like that.
1: He did. So uh, AJ also has stereotypical little henchman almost by his (laughs) side who's like yeah yeah aj what are you gonna do uh maybe your mother does blow and all that kind of stuff uh and yeah the guy uh jeremy palm no not palm bc
2: pia costa pia
1: costa jeremy pia costa says then if my mother blows why were you crying to her every night and eating all the donuts that she brought us when we were at camp so a little fat shaming um, mm-hmm. and then they get into a fight. Uh, AJ's shirt gets ripped, uh, and uh, the fight gets broken up. Then, I think next we see him, he's in his room, he's trying to kill a fly with his baseball glove. He's
2: wearing a Marilyn Manson shirt.
1: He's wearing a oversized <laughs> Marilyn Manson shirt.
0: God, shout out to the late 90s. Uh, shout out to the late 90s.
1: Shouts out to Hot Topic. So then, uh, uh, Car- Carmella confronts him with the ripped shirt saying your grandmother got you this shirt and i find it in the trash and he says the shirt wasn't even cool anymore anyway and she's like no 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 what happened and he's like i got into a fight don't call jeremy's mom because i was making jokes about how she blows dicks gives neck in other words (laughs) Uh, and Uh-huh. And and so then he promises to pay back for the shirt by washing the car, $40 to wash the car, but he never puts any effort in. Mm-hmm. And we don't... Carmella doesn't have to say that for us to know it.
2: Yeah. Apparently
1: that this is a child who sucks. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and he does not put any work in, so he's like, I will this time. I'll get you the money, I promise. So then he goes back to Jeremy to... Uh, try to get the money uh, and Jeremy's like well, well." Jeremy punches him again in the face Like, he gets a pretty good blow in on, mm-hmm. on AJ's face and uh, he's got a bloody nose mm-hmm. the, that fight also gets broken up and they're gonna meet uh, at the end of school in the parking lot or whatever classic high school fight uh, shit and then they're gonna settle this once and for all then they get out to the parking lot, and baseball instead field. Of, the baseball field. Thank you. Instead of having the fight, they uh, Jeremy gives him the forty dollars. Uh, it's a great scene. Uh, he he pulls out his wallet. You have the the of a high schooler's Velcro wallet as he opens it up to pull out the the forty bucks, uh, and AJ immediately clueless as he is declares victory when one of the other kids says yeah he's real scared of you and everybody laughs and AJ doesn't know what he means yeah Mm -hmm. so AJ goes to uh, consult with his older sister Meadow
2: who I'm sorry but has a bad hairstyle she's wearing like pseudo cornrows and it's (laughs) not good (laughs) Meadow, come on,
1: honey. uh... Meadow Kardashian (laughs) is not a great look.
2: No. And then Meadow pulls up (laughs) a website.
1: So, yeah. So, Meadow pulls up the MOB website, the Megabytes of Bad Guys website, to show AJ that your dad is in the mob, and all of our uncles, quote-unquote, they are in the mob. And, uh... This is why everyone laughed at you,
0: you idiot. <laughs> so, like, what a weird fucking website that was, you know? Yes. <laughs> it was very yes. early internet. It had a
1: uh-huh. lot of uh, GIFs that were not like we have today. Yeah. The old school one. It, it, it might as well have had a page counter at the bottom of it. <laughs> um, it was like some hardcore Angel Fire Geo City shit, for sure. The header of that website is our... Twitter header. Oh my god. The megabytes of bad guys.
2: <laughs> That's very good.
0: Now I know. <laughs> now you oh, know. So
1: no. now we found out that Meadow knows that Tony's in the mob, and mm-hmm. now AJ does too. So yep. Meadow prints it all out for AJ to read. And we see him next. He's got all the pages in his bed, and he's having a hard time falling asleep. He's, he's got like struggling with this information. He's got
0: like red yarn, like like in pins on a board, like tying people to everyone. To I don't think
1: he's smart enough to tie things. True, that's, that's a good point. Including yeah. his own shoes.
0: But like, he just doesn't believe it, which I think is a a really, you know, really good and strange development for this character who seems to just be an idiot. But then he's like, "No, my my dad can't be in the mafia," you know, immediately, and has to like cogitate over these photographs, these these printouts. And then he's able to accept it, you know. It's...
1: Right. So at Jackie's funeral, um, you see the whole, the whole mob is there. And obviously, AJ and the kids are there as well. And you see AJ leaning against the gravestone, <laughs> contemplating on what he's seeing. And what he's seeing is the FBI taking pictures of the funeral. And you see there in that scene, it has clicked. My dad is definitely in the mob. And uh, Tony gives him kind of a smile and a nod, and he kind of gives it back. Like, I, I get the feeling that AJ thinks this is kind of fucking cool that my dad's in the mob.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't mm-hmm. know. I think <clears throat> I think he's still struggling to understand it. I feel like he's starting to realize between what happened at school and then like trying to grasp what it what organized crime means (laughs) um as like an adolescent i think he's just like doesn't know what to feel and he's he's like starting he's gonna have to like get used to this existence of like being a mob boss's son um can I say that the cemetery is one of the shittiest cemeteries I've ever it is. seen?
1: It is. I think they make it a point to show how shitty. It's, like, right under an overpass. Yeah. It, it might as well be next to a,
0: like, garbage dump.
2: Yeah, it's bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited about this development of AJ as a... Turning into a fail son because you know, it seemed like at the beginning he was he was sort of like embarrassed that his father was a waste management guy, whatever the fuck that means, and uh, and now he can say he's a mafia boss. And so I, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to see the development of AJ as some sort of like wild shithead asshole who's completely impossible to get control of and and be reasonable. I I kind of can't wait to see him turn into, like, well, my father, you know, Meghan McCain on my ass. Right. right. I don't know. Do you
1: know who I am? Yeah.
0: Do you know who my father is? Can I see the manager? Right. Uh,
1: And he's immediately learning that lesson, I think, mm -hmm. as he's learning the news of who his father is, that that comes with privileges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you don't have to fight for anything.
0: All you have to do is just, you know... Just be Tony Sopranos' boy, and uh, you will win your fights.
2: I don't think he, like, loves that, though. I think he'll get to a point where he takes advantage of it, but I think right now he's still struggling. He's like, because he knows that it makes him look like a little shithead.
1: I think there's, yeah, because he definitely wants to fight, and he's definitely kind of bummed that the guy doesn't want to finish the fight. Yeah. At the... At the baseball Well, course.
2: it's the whole thing, like, as an adolescent, you're trying to figure out who you are as an individual, and now he's, like, already under, you know, living in his father's shadow. Right. That's going to be, you know, he's going to need his own Dr. Melfi one day.
0: <laughs> he will. Speaking of sure. which, we should probably pull on that thread.
1: Yeah, let's pivot to Dr. Melfi. Um, we get a whole Dr. Melfi story this week, mm-hmm. um, and we see Dr. Melfi's outside life, which I think Ben... She pretty much answers sort of a question that you raised in our intro expectations episode, that Dr. Melfi is an an external character, that she's not a, uh, she exists
0: outside of Tony's imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, not a, she's definitely not a uh, narrative uh, driver, or like a, you know what I mean, like it's not like a, anyway, yeah, we know what I'm right. talking Other,
1: about. Otherwise she wouldn't have a life outside yeah. of interacting with Tony, so... She's not an um, so anyway, having having developed having uh, established now that Doctor Melfi is corporeal, um, <laughs> so we see. Uh, uh, okay, so back up a little bit more. Tony is uh, in the therapy. He's thinking about quitting. Right? Is that kind of where this yeah starts?
2: Well, it's st- the episode itself starts with a dream sequence where That's Tony. Right. Tony is, like, ogling Dr. Melfi, and then Dr. Melfi is Olivia. Yeah, <laughs> turns into his mother. Um, and then oh, that's right. the, when he finally, when we see them in a real session, um, one thing I like is Dr. Melfi just straight up talks about how he's a narcissist.
1: Yes, yeah. That's right. So he his his fear that we get from the dream is his fear of being found out right. by the other mobsters. So Hesh is uh, during the dream. Hesh arrives at the the therapist's office. Big Pussy is in the waiting room along with Polly and Sill. Um, and then before on his way to Doctor Melfi's office, it's clear, it's like a doctor's business office that has a bunch of doctors' offices in it. We see Sill um, leaving his dentist's office. Yeah, and Tony sees him. And clocks him and ducks into another doctor's office real quick. Um, I love seeing that. I love seeing that Syl acts like a Vegas lounge act. <laughs> yes. out, like, just walks around like that. He's like, oh, baby, thank you for giving me my floss. He's <laughs> you saved my life. His
2: shoulder pads are out of control. It's so
1: good. Little Steven is nailing that character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, he doesn't get found out. But this introduces a lot of anxiety in Tony about getting found out um, by his mob friends um and so he talks about that with with dr melfi that uh if if anybody finds sees him going in there then he'll become a celebrity and she goes i thought we'd gotten a handle on your narcissism <laughs> and tony does not hear that well.
0: anyway tony goes over and visits his mom uh and brings her some macaroons speaking of him being all fucked up yes and it's his mom's favorite macaroons uh, and, of course, she, uh, you know, is very grateful for them and, and enjoys them <laughs> immensely and, and is proud. Wait, that's how, the, that's how it goes, right? No. Ben. she's immediately like, those are too sweet. <laughs> oh. Oh. Subtle. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. So leave yeah. them out for the, for the nuts. Or for the wackos. So yeah, she Tony tries to talk
1: her into they're going to the city they're going to go to New York City to see a play and doesn't she want to go see the play with the rest of the retirement community and don't you want to hang out with all the nice ladies and the, and the fine looking gents and she's just like I hate it here <laughs> yep. and to his credit Tony actually takes this with a little bit of patience yeah. that we haven't seen him before and I think it's because of the therapy right? Um, the therapy is helping him deal with his his yeah. real-life problems. He's approaching her with more patience. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a, a, a little wise wisecrack uh, where he goes, you know, I think I, co- I come here to get cheered up. You think that's a mistake? And she's like, is that sarcasm?
0: I hate sarcasm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, so as he's but, leaving... Yes, know.
1: as he's leaving, we see... The degenerate police officer.
2: Oh my God! This guy is a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, he's a degenerate gambler. He's pissing on the tree. Tony gets mad at him. My my mother. My mother lives
2: here. Uh,
1: and then he's he wants uh, he wants him to find out who Dr. Melfi is to tail her and to do his PI shit basically on Dr. Malphy, mm-hmm. which we get to see him do. To uh, and Tony tells him explicitly she's not to be touched. I just want to know the who, what, when, where, and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy asks him, what is she to you? And Tony refuses to answer. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So our man, the the cop here, thinks that it's Tony's mistress or some sort of love interest. Uh, and so he tails uh, Melfi while she's on a date with her tax lawyer boyfriend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They get... Pulled over. Uh, While they get pulled over, I thought that was an interesting conversation. She's clearly flirting with him heavy in the car about like she wants somebody who's um, in touch with their feelings, but also will is man enough to to have a grope in the closet.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I
1: mean, who doesn't want that, right?
2: No, the dream.
1: Uh, Everyone loves closet gropes. (laughs) That's the official stance of the podcast. Uh huh. So, while that's happening, they get pulled over by our shithead degenerate gambler cop, Mm -hmm. um, who gives our tax accountant boyfriend a hard time, Mm -hmm. and, you know, license and registration, get out of the car, you went over the double yellow line bullshit, um, and then the guy's like, you know, I'm a lawyer, I know I'm under the legal limit, the cop asks him to pop the trunk he refuses and then our degenerate gambler cop beats the shit out of him
0: one piece of advice to all of our drinking and driving friends out there if the cops ask you if you've had any alcohol tonight the answer is not i had a little wine at dinner the answer is no okay no correct (laughs) the answer is no
2: but also don't drink and drive
1: you can have a little drinking and driving as a treat.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that, is, that is the uh, official stance of Gabagula addresses <laughs> The official
1: stance of the podcast is it's not a DUI unless you get caught.
0: That's right. No. Anyway.
2: No. <laughs> no.
0: Okay, so I guess it is? No, seriously though, you're right. Uh, Rachel, drinking and driving is don't. bad. Don't do yeah. it. But if you do it, don't admit to the cops anything. Don't. Just
1: don't. Definitely. Yeah, if you if you do drink and drive, or anything, if a cop stops and asks you something, just shut the fuck up. Yep. You're not going to help. That's the best advice. Yeah. You're not going to get yourself out of that situation. Uh, and you might get the shit beat out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so, our degenerate gambler cop beats the shit out of him. Then he's getting into the trunk of the car um, while he's doing that Melfi Uh, approaches and she's like what are you doing stay away from me and he says why do you go out for hamburgers when you got prime rib at home yeah
2: and she's like what the fuck are you talking about Mm uh it's truly fucking stupid this this detective is a fucking moron i and
1: tony calls him a fucking moron yeah um so um Yeah, uh, all cops are bastards, especially the
0: degenerate gambler ones, for sure. Shout out to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals this week that decided that uh, shooting a chained-up dog uh, who is far away from you and unable to bite you uh, is an unreasonable seizure of property, and thus a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights.
1: Hooray.
2: <laughs> so cool. they
1: finally got one and, of these cop shoot a dog cases. And right. that's
2: Ben's Law Corner.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All
1: right. That's the theme song for Ben's
0: Law Corner. All right. So now on to Rachel's Epstein minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything new, unfortunately. Um, the... So then, after this whole thing goes down, um, Jennifer goes to see the lawyer to, like, you know... Check on him. He's not answering his phone. Yeah. She's, like, wearing a nice little black dress. She pulls it down. She makes sure her cleavage looks good, which I respect. And then (laughs) she walks in, and uh, the guy is a fucking mess. He's, he th- yeah. he's paranoid. He thinks he's being followed. He asks her to prescribe him something, which is unethical.
1: And she says so. Yeah. Good for her. She's like, I'm your date, not your doctor. Yeah. Which, you're only supposed to have one relationship with your mental health professional. So... hmm There.
2: Yeah. And th- then, after she hangs out with him, and she's like, you know, starting... I, I, I honestly am surprised that she hasn't figured it out already but she's she's starting to get paranoid herself. She's in th- she's in her session with Tony and she's completely distracted and then she tells Tony what happened?
1: Yeah, she lowers her shields a little bit. Which is
2: stupid. Very Unless stupid. she's doing it on purpose. Maybe she's doing it on purpose. Subconsciously. Too. Or maybe she's like, I know he's doing this and I'm going to get him to admit it or something like that. But I, I don't think that's happening. I don't happening. think so,
1: yeah. I think she's she is really distracted by it. It is really bothering her.
2: That was a weird scene.
1: It is a weird scene. And I think the way Tony sort of straightens up and moves in his chair when she does that. I think, shows that he thinks it's weird. Like, he's he acknowledges that, like, this is clearly a break in protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then he starts asking the Melfi questions, you know? He's like, how do you feel about that? Right, right,
1: <laughs> right. Uh, and then he he puts two and two together, and under his breath goes a fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that he, he, clearly this was his fault, and he tries to apologize for it. She's like, oh, it's not your fault, and he's like, uh, kind
2: of his. I can't believe she hasn't gotten it yet. It mm-hmm. seems very yeah. apparent that Tony's behind this. He's not subtle.
1: Yeah, well, the, I mean, the cop could have been worse, right? The cop could have been like, that's a message from Tony Soprano, <laughs> and luckily he didn't. Um, I guess luckily for Tony, he
2: didn't. So. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, the last important thing about the Melfi storyline this week is the conversation that Tony has with Carmella.
2: Mm, yeah. Yes,
0: and you know Tony you know, is wavering. You know, should I continue? Should I not? And and Carmella, being super supportive, keeps saying, "Well, if you feel like he's helping, you know, consider you know continue going and seeing him." keep that up
1: mm-hmm. yeah because carmella thinks that it's a it's a man mm-hmm. the therapist which will come even more into play
0: in our next episode
2: mm-hmm. yeah and tony I, that
0: tony did not correct carmella which is yes. which is totally doubled a, down a, totally a dumbass thing that i've done in my relationship <laughs> which is like, not correcting the,
1: uh-huh sure yeah
0: uh-huh yeah
1: I wasn't at the strip club in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <sighs> um, so Carmella gives him an ultimatum, basically, and says, you either... And this is because he, he basically has a mini panic attack yeah. in the kitchen. Um, and it's, he forgot to take his Prozac, is what he says. Um, but Carmella stands up for herself. She gives him an ultimatum and says, you keep going to therapy or I'm going to have to consider... This, relation, yeah, and this relationship, yeah, to
2: reevaluate things, yes,
1: yes. And he he says, "Is that a threat?" And she basically says, "No, it's a promise." <laughs> like, which is badass. Like, she stands yeah. up and goes toe to toe with him. Um, it's a great, great scene. Yeah. So, um, so the advice that he gets from Melfi in the sessions about, um, is he's complaining about Junior and his mother. She's like, well, wouldn't it be nice to let your mother think that she's won? And from that, Tony gets the idea, oh, I'm going to let Junior think that he's won. So that's, that's the actual, like, I think the A story yeah. in this episode that we're just now getting to. Yeah. <laughs> which is what Tony's going to do about Junior. And the first time he goes and sees Junior, he tries to, like... Oh, he, okay, so it's after leaving the hospital, he has a confrontation with Christopher in the hall... Then he leaves the hospital, goes and beats the shit out of Mikey Palmisi. Mm, With this... Oh, uh, oh, that's a great scene. So he takes the staple gun out of the hospital. He sees a guy working on, like, the lights or something, and he's got a staple gun. So he picks it up, takes it, goes and beats the shit out of Mikey Palmisi, who's apparently well-known for being into his suits. Yeah. And he calls him, like, Mr. GQ or something. He staples the suit into his chest, uh, saying, ah, free alterations. What are you complaining for? And then does the Godfather wipe the staple gun down and just drop it in the street like Michael (laughs) after he shoots the police chief or whatever in Godfather 1? It's great. Uh, And
2: and this is where we see Tony really flexing his creative muscles. You know, he's an artist.
1: (laughs) He He was
2: inspired.
1: A violent artist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So So he he walks into...
1: yeah, he goes in to confront Junior and says, "Look, we've got a, we don't want a war on our hands." And Uncle Junior basically says, "Look, next time you come see me, you come heavy or not at all," which is such a badass line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, come with a gun or don't fucking come. Uh, which is, whew. but he's he's with uh, Junior is with like four other old dudes who are all laughing at his terrible joke. Yeah, we get some racism joke. Mm. Um, yeah. What did the Chinese Godfather do? We don't have to repeat okay, the joke. We won't repeat the racist joke. Uh, you'll have to watch the episode. And all of his friends laugh at it. And I think the idea you kind of get is that Uncle Junior is—he doesn't want to lose face in front of his buddies here, so he's making an extra strong stand yeah. by saying, "Next time, come heavy or not at all." Like, look how fucking cool I
0: am. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it was cool.
1: It is badass. That is some badass shit to say to a dude. Next time you come heavy or not at all, uh, which is great because he looks like fucking Mr. Magoo. Yes.
2: <laughs> those fucking glasses. The man. glasses
1: <laughs> do so much work. It's great.
0: So, uh, so the next time he comes, he comes heavy,
1: and he comes in with his arms outstretched. He says, "Look, I I, I came heavy because you told me to, but I don't want to use it."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he sits down with, and he sat down with all the capos before this to talk about. What they're going to do about this situation. And so he tells Junior, The Sopranos have been waiting for a long time to take the reins. Now's our time. So I want you to be the boss. And all the capos, they're all with me. Um, they, he gives him a big hug, and then Tony whispers into his ear, For giving you the, the throne, I want the dock work. It's not the dockworkers union, it's the,
2: paving, the union. paving union. The paving
1: union. And something else, like, and Brookstone and the paving union. We're not supposed to know what the other thing is, but, um, and, and Junior agrees. So then when they're at the funeral, um, Tony talks to the Capos about his real plan, which is Tony is clearly going to be running things, but Junior's going to be at the top. He's going to be taking all the heat from the feds from being at the top of the, uh, the hierarchy. Oh, and we should talk about that as well. Uh, but, uh, and so he's going to be taking all the heat while Tony's really running things. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect win-win situation for, for Tony. I think this is a great way for the show to go. I think a lesser show, they would have gone to war. Mm-hmm. And the next three or four episodes are shootouts in the street and body counts and all this. And this show is like, this, sh- this is not what that show is. Yeah. This show is about the characters and about their relationships with each other. It's not about the mob stuff and the violent part of it necessarily. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was a very, it was a very strange move to see Tony take a, uh, a measured and um, reasonable and well-thought-out position when dealing with Junior.
1: And it's, he, and he gets that idea, again, he gets it from his therapy with Dr. Melfi. Um, so he's he's taking what he's learning from therapy and using it to become a more efficient, and ruthless mobster, yeah, which is troubling.
0: <laughs> Shout <laughs> out to Melfi. Least.
1: Shout out to Melfi. Lorraine Bracco, who she does, she's so good in this fucking episode. She's acting so yeah. well. Um, the the like giggle that she does in the car with the boyfriend is is very good. Um, yeah, great performance mm-hmm. by Lorraine Bracco
2: in yeah. this episode.
1: Um, but so, one of the scenes that sort of we skipped over uh, is in this, this little round table with the capos, they are discussing how they're going to run shit now that Jackie is dead. And one of the guys suggests a council at the top. And one of the other capos says, Look, we designed this way as a paramilitary organization with one supreme leader at the top. Um, and so they are not for horizontal. Organizing, they are very top-down mm-hmm. hierarchical. Um, as a, as a as an idea of leftism, uh, they are are very fascist in the way that they have organized their structure. Mm-hmm. Not surprising from Italians, but
2: <laughs> certainly not.
1: Um, so yeah, so they are anti-horizontal organizing. I just thought that was an interesting uh, interesting tie into our leftist discussion here. Um, that they could organize it to where it was based on mutual cooperation and uh, horizontal more than a vertical uh, structure, but because it has to be a leader at the top, then there's go- always going to be war and conflict for that position, as opposed to in a horizontal structure where uh, vacuums can be filled, not with power, but with other individuals who uh, have the skills and the motivation to fill those needs. So there's a little bit on horizontal
0: organizing. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Time for the dialectic?
1: Time for the dialectic. Ben, do you want to start uh, every week? Whoop. (laughs) Every week at the end of our episodes, near the end of our episodes, we do the dialectic, which is something, uh, which is the thesis, something that we liked from the episode, the antithesis, something that we didn't like from the episode, and the synthesis, something that we loved in the episode. That's not exactly how dialectics works. Nope. It's not exactly not how it works either, so uh, just Craig, gl- uh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Wikipedia, Jesus. Wikipedia dialectics for more information. mm mm-hmm. Uh, so Ben, what are you? Give us your dialectic for this week. Uh,
0: I am a. Uh, I was a huge fan of Christopher's uh, just out there performance. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a great job uh, showing up. You know, at the most somber of times when everybody was trying to, you know, remember Jackie uh, by just being like, "Oh fuck this, we gotta fucking kill some people." Oh my god, and just completely unable to read the room. He did fantastic. Shout out to our pal Christopher. Uh what Shout I did out. what I did not like about this episode uh, I did not like uh Vin. That's the that's our guy. The Yes,
1: that's our degenerate cop gambler.
0: Yeah, I I didn't like him. He you know, he was he was sort of extra to me, you know, just like that that whole Everything he did was just not what he was supposed to do. <laughs> just, you know, well, he's a cop, right? So yeah, yeah, just a bumbling fool. Uh, yeah, anybody, anybody wants to send me a Fourth Amendment analysis of that traffic stop? Uh, send it to John Evans. Uh, no. DM John no. at Johnny Awful. Negative. <laughs>
1: No, I don't you don't need a fucking analysis of it. It's wrong. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it's a bad fucking stop and it's an illegal fucking search.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh There b- you go. But one thing I loved about the episode uh I um I I really loved uh, uh Tony's um you know sort of like decision making. It seemed rational, coherent. Um you know, logical you know, I mean, it it's was
1: Not, let's burn down the fucking restaurant
0: Right, yeah, you know, this is This is the first episode, I think, where he You know, makes a series of, of Good decisions, prudent decisions And I include beating the shit out of Mikey Paul Meese <laughs> But, you know, I mean, all of these Everything he did was just Was just solid, not fucking stupid So, shout out to Tony in this episode
1: Shout out to Tony <laughs> Rachel?
2: Um. So, one thing that I liked was uh, y'all always do like deeper shit about like the storytelling, but I don't, I, I'm gonna do my deeper. No, don't need shit.
1: all perspectives.
2: There is a scene where they are eating lobster, and the <laughs> yes. lobster looks so fucking good. It does look very good. Uh, and it made me think of what you said in our first episode about going to eat. Uh, with your wife, and I get it, because that fucking lobster looked real good. They're huge fucking lobsters. (laughs) They're huge. Um, And they're all wearing bibs, and it's very cute. Uh, One thing I did not like were the suits that they wore to the funeral. I hate the pinstripes look bad, and the ties are always really bad. And it's like they pride themselves on being tacky. Uh, which I don't appreciate. Um,
1: the '90s overall were a bad time for men's fashion. That's
2: true. Like if
1: you watch Friends, it's all huge pants. Oh yeah, and like terrible sweaters. Yes,
2: everything is tailored improperly.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the pinstripes look like shit.
1: They do, and they're bad. They're bad suits. Yeah, and they're those terrible '90s ties. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but I kind of—I I, mean—I appreciate that that they're, like they're creating a. They're creating a mood, for sure. Uh, yeah, the thing that I loved in this episode was a little. It, you, if you if you weren't paying close attention, you might have missed it. But when Chris and uh, Adriana go to pick up Meadow, mm-hmm. Hunter is there, and Hunter <laughs> leans into the car as they're whisking Meadow away, and goes, "Did Brendan get the poem I wrote?" Him? <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Yes, and I
2: love that she wrote him a fucking poem. It's I don't understand why what she sees in that idiot, but um, he doesn't
1: it, look like the kind of guy who would appreciate.
2: No, poem. certainly not. Right?
1: Oh wow! Writing poems for meth dealers yeah. is an, a whole fucking mood.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but I just love that little that just little line.
1: That's good. Yeah, that was good. And
0: just like the idea that, you know, you would have to do anything further to woo that man, who is a pedophile. Right. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> like, wow. Problematic. Ooh.
2: Good. You know what? Honestly, good thing he's dead. Okay.
0: Yes. Coming in strong. This is the only a- other anti-pedophile podcast out try. there. <laughs>
1: That's right. Brendan got what he fucking deserved.
2: Mm. That's right. You can
1: hang out with Epstein in hell.
2: Brace and Liz, come on the show.
1: Yeah, Brace and Liz, come on the show. We stand.
0: And Young, uh, so, and Young Chomsky.
1: Fuck yeah. Yes, oh, love and Young Chomsky. Oh, and of course Young Chomsky. Yeah. Come produce our fucking episode, oh, so I don't have to do great. it anymore. <laughs> we won't accidentally say your name on air like Brace. <laughs> all, all
2: right, John, what was, right. what was your...
1: My dialectic... Something that I liked from this episode, I really liked the... Uh, I really liked AJ's arc.
2: Yeah. I think
1: it's very well done. Um, it is It is really the birth of a fail son. Like, it's a whole story in three acts about um, AJ learning that uh, maybe he doesn't have to try very hard for the rest of his life, and maybe who his dad is comes with privileges that he had previously not known about, and something that I hated from this episode, um, I it always bugs me, the line reading, I already mentioned it, but the line reading of Chris in the car when he, they pick up Meadow is very clunky. I feel like they should have used another take
2: yeah because he's like what are you doing to me <laughs>
1: uh and it, I, I feel like they needed one more go round. again it always <laughs> bucks me out of that episode but um something i loved i love Carmela standing up for herself and giving the ultimatum at the end of the episode it's so strong and uh it, it just shows that like she is not scared of tony not really um and she is willing to go toe to toe for him, with him, for her own happiness. So I thought that was very good.
0: Let me ask you: Do you stand?
1: Yes. Oh, I always stand, Carmela. Uh-huh. Yes, even when she's being a bitch at that uh, at that catering event thing. Yeah. We still stand. Right. So let's get into who we stand this episode. Mm. Benjamin, who do you stand?
0: This episode, I stand. For the first time, I stand Adriana.
2: Ben stole mine. That's who I was okay. going to say. <laughs> she is so. Okay, so y'all shat on me last time because I was talking about what a good character she is for offering Hunter and Meadow a soda, <laughs> <laughs> refusing them beer. And I stand by that. I think she, you know. She stands up for herself. She knows how ridiculous Chris is. And I think that she is very powerful in scenes with him. She doesn't really have to assert herself that much. But we we know who is the... She's the boss.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you you just say... That we uh, shat on you For her offering soda Instead of beer Because that's not why I was hating on
1: Adrian. (laughs) It was more about her saying Sell sell
0: them meth meth.
1: (laughs) Yes Sell meth to these 16 So so that they can do good at their choir rehearsal Well
2: I mean If we take the scene you know, Collectively take the scene as
1: one This is Liz Warren level (laughs) Gaslighting right here Wow!
2: Oh no! (laughs) All right, fine. Well, okay. Yes, I guess you're right. She's not perfect. (laughs)
1: Who is?
2: But first of all, All right. right. First of all, she's very hot. She is very cool. She is a, a no nonsense, stand up for herself bitch. She's like fuck, you know, and she. Uh, you know, when she asks Chris whether or not he shit his pants, she doesn't do it in a mean way. No, she doesn't. She's, she's, not, she's
1: sweet about it. Yeah.
2: You know, I... I yeah, that's why I stand.
1: Mm-hmm. And she... Yeah. No, I... Oh, I agree. And she, she does. She's like,
2: Christopher, the nurse
1: said that you went number two in your pants. <laughs> like, it's very loving, almost. Like, she's concerned. Yeah. It's not like you dumb fuck you shit yourself <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: even though she would have every right but she does call him out for being a dumb fuck when he is
1: very true mm-hmm. yes, she does
2: i think she's very discerning
1: so we except definitely stand adriana except for her decisions to sell meth to teens yes but- <laughs> that got an eye roll that I you mean, could probably hear on the microphone.
2: She was right. She, it's better to get it from her. You know, you don't want her to go down to the friggin' place and get she, hurt. Ajax.
0: Jesus Christ! She was never gonna. <laughs>
2: We're
0: gonna keep
1: having this argument every week. Is it okay to sell meth to teens? <laughs>
0: I am I am on record as saying it is not okay.
1: <laughs> I think now I'm on record saying it's not, but drinking and driving is okay. Yeah, exactly. So right. Wait, pick
2: and messages. choose.
1: It's okay to be to drink and drive if you're a teen. Is that better? No. No, that's worse. That's
2: worse. <laughs> it's okay
0: to method drive when you're <laughs> Oh,
1: definitely. Because yeah. you're very aware. Right.
2: Okay, so at this point, I think morally I am in the clear and y'all are <laughs> because I am just simply advocating for a fictional character and you're out here just just directly saying these things I,
1: yeah advocating for drinking and driving I think I do think more people should drink and
2: drive. oh my god
0: I think I think John and I actually are advocating don't talk to the fucking police yeah okay, definitely
2: then don't do that maybe phrase it that way alright okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't talk to cops
1: uh, And fuck every cop who ever did his job That's the official stance of the podcast Shouts out to Wingnut Dishwashers Union and Pat the Bunny
0: Yep, yep.
1: Okay, I stan this episode uh, Dr. Melfi Because she is Sweet to her date She goes to check on him And she recommends him a therapist She's very understanding In a way that she doesn't have to be hmm <laughs> um, and uh, to to her her date uh, I uh, am a little concerned that she is giving Tony advice on how to be a better gangster but I don't think that's necessarily her fault in this episode I think he's taking her advice on how to deal with um, with his mother and using it uh, to help him be a better gangster but overall Dr. Melfi and, and Lorraine Bracco like I said is doing a fantastic job yeah Yep. So, Adriana, we stand. Doctor Melphy, we stand. Carmella, we always stand. It's ladies' night here on the pod. Oh my god! <laughs> well,
0: should we pack it in?
1: I believe that's it for the day. You can follow us on uh, at PodSopranos on Twitter. Um, all of our individual Twitter accounts are going to be in the show notes
0: and also on
1: the podcast. Uh, page but I am at Johnny
2: Awful I'm at what shakes loose
0: I'm on the Patreon I mean what no sorry Sorry. (laughs) I just I'm on the what am I essential consultant but misspelled whatever I'm on the fucking page look at me you'll find me whatever
1: and this has been Gabagool and Roses for another week take your meds go to therapy and organize for the revolution love you. you bye Well
0: How long did it take for the guy to come?